0: Over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, Just go to my website, MikeSimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. MikeSimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it.
1: Uh, And you know, the famous saying is when's the best time to buy a home? It's the best time was 10 years ago and the next best time is right now so
0: you're listening to the just start real estate podcast if you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers you are in the right place and now your host mike simmons All right. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I appreciate it. I have some fun guests on the show for you. Uh, These two are in Canada. It is Evan Unger and Jordan King. They're both partners at Tuck Capital, Tuck Developments, and Choice Renovations in Canada. Both certified mortgage agents with multi-million dollar holdings in the Canadian market. And uh, they're both passionate entrepreneurs, uh, business strategists. They're good guys, fun guys. We talked a lot about what it takes to grow and scale a business really in any economy. But even in this one, like specifically what's happening now, um, some of the components that go into that, they've been able to grow and scale their business pretty quickly. And so what they have to say, I think, is, is vitally important. And some of the concepts that we dive into are absolutely universally uh, needed when you're growing and scaling a business. And these guys are really, really great. Fun to talk to good interview, tons of knowledge, just lots and lots of experience at a short amount of time. And so I'm excited to bring this one to you guys. I give you Evan and Jordan. All right, guys. Evan and Jordan, I appreciate you being here. I'm excited to have you on Just Start Real Estate. Thank you for making time and thank you for being here.
1: Our our pleasure. Pleasure.
0: thanks for having us <laughs> this is always the fun of, of interviewing two people is everyone's being courteous and not trying to talk over anybody so you get dead air um, but yeah man thanks thanks guys I know you're very busy uh I have looked into research you, try to figure out I always like to figure out who I'm talking to and try to be as educated as I can and you guys are busy you are dynamos there's no doubt about it you got a lot going on and you've been doing a lot in a in a relatively short amount of time and I can't wait to get into all that and I what I really do love actually is that uh, that you're in Canada, because I have folks that reach out from Canada and they have concerns and questions and challenges and and frankly, sometimes it's hard for me to know exactly what to tell them or what things how how things are going and and so we're gonna get into that part of it too, which is really, really cool. Uh, but first, let's just uh, talk a little bit about who you guys are. give some context to maybe what where you are in your in your real estate journey, how you got there, just sort of you know briefly. And I'll just, um, I'll just decide, I mean, Evan, you yeah. go
1: first, because otherwise we're good. Gonna... <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> the direction is greatly appreciated.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Jordan and I have been working together uh, for just about six years now through multiple businesses. And uh, we've been on our real estate adventure for, I, I would say like three to four years, somewhere in that range and aggressively pursuing it for the past um, two years.
0: Okay. Nice. So what does that look like though? Like what did you do before real estate? What's your background?
1: Yeah. So um, in athletics, uh, managed fitness clubs and health clubs, uh, like larger executive style clubs. um, And always been in the gym, always been in sales of some sort. So love sales, uh, love the numbers game, um, very competitively driven. And so real estate gets to incorporate all those things in it into one pretty sweet package. And so it kind of nestled in there nicely.
0: Okay. Nice. And I understand if I'm reading here correctly, you have two Guinness world records. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I broke two Guinness world records, um, for the highest standing jump. So I had the highest box jump in the world off two feet and then also off one foot as well. Really? How high? What are we talking? Yeah. Uh, 64 inches, five foot four.
0: Are you joking? You you from a stand? You stand and jump five yeah, feet no, off the ground. No
1: walk, no step. Correct. What?
0: <laughs> that, my gosh! Did you play basketball
1: as a kid? No, I'm no? terrible at basketball.
0: <laughs> really? Well, it's like it's like you've yeah. got one of the components, but not the others. I guess that's funny. That's awesome. That's, that's impressive, though. Cool. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, for sure, um, Jordan. What about you? What does your background look like?
2: Yeah, um, I played a ton of sports growing up. I played semi-pro hockey for Mississauga for the Mississauga Chargers. Uh, It's a great experience. Um, Entertainment background, so I was involved in like music and production, also live shows and concerts and things like that. Um, From that, also stemmed a promotional modeling agency at the time. Uh, It's not active right now, but um, we used to do all sorts of stuff like trade shows, um, product modeling, live uh, events—you name it. Okay. but um yeah pri- primarily uh, entertainment and a uh, sports background
0: so that sounds relatively exciting and um just fun is is real estate are is it hard to come down from the high of entertainment and concerts and venues and modeling to go into real estate which is a little bit more buttoned up and not quite as exciting
2: Um, I think the excitement is still here. Uh, it's just a little different, right? Maybe visually it doesn't appear to be as exciting, (laughs) but the excitement's still there. You know, the thrill of chasing the deals and the acquisitions and turning over the properties in a timeline and organizing all the contractors in the trade. So I actually find a lot of similarities from entertainment and sports and what we're doing now with real estate. And, um, I think it's just like an added benefit that uh, you know, keeps us moving and keeps us resilient that yeah. no matter what we face or what, we come, what comes in front of us, uh, we just brush it off and keep moving.
0: Nice. So tell me about where your real estate business is now. Let's give the folks some sense of what you've done over the last three or four years.
1: So we've completed uh, over a hundred units, um, nothing too crazy, uh, but a good hundred units in terms of multiple uh, avenue. So between fix and flips, buy and holds and burrs, um, and, uh, we, we've done over 100 units, had about 15 million in holdings at one point, uh, when the market was coming up pretty hot, we, uh, decided to liquidate some of those assets and repurpose them. Uh, so we had some good timing there. Um, and now we're, back into an aggressive acquisition phase, looking to scale back to the 100 million mark. So,
0: Okay, that's interesting. So talk to me a little bit about the market in Canada, which is where you guys are. Um, in the States, it's been very hot. And it sounds like it's been very hot there in Canada in terms of of, of being mm-hmm. kind of a seller's market. But here, the big fear of investors, and I, I personally think it's not a, a well-founded fear. It, it's sort of uh, irrational a little bit. But there's a fear that Uh, the market's going to turn and prices are going to drop. And the question I get all the time is, is now a good time to invest in real estate? Like, Should I be investing or should I wait until the market crashes? What are you guys seeing there (laughs) in Canada? What's the answer to those concerns where you are?
1: I think that you can't time the market. Everyone always tries to time the market. So, uh, and you know, the famous saying is when's the best time to buy a home? It's First, the best time was 10 years ago, and the next best time is right now. So, yeah. I do still agree with that. Um, I think your investment strategy, you know, the market's taking a turn here. I, I can't say that we've seen a massive decrease in pricing, but it's becoming a buyer's market for sure. Uh, and so, I think your investment strategy changes as the market changes. But I don't foresee a time at all where I would ever stop investing in real estate. I would just I would just be more flexible with my investment strategy. So for right now, Jordan and I are focusing more on cash flow properties. And we're not so much diving into the fix and flips right now because of the uncertainty in the market and the pricing. So Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So it sounds very similar to here in the States. I mean, yeah, the market's turning a little bit. It's not quite as hot. I wouldn't say necessarily here it's a buyer's market or even getting there, but it's like it's like uh, sometimes people see a, a, a the market declining. What they really mean is. The acceleration is slowing or stopping, right? It's like it's not that it's going down; it's just not going up like it was, right? And so it feels like a regression. Yes. But I think here the, the market's leveling off a little bit for sure, and you know, time on markets a little longer and that kind of stuff. Um, what do you guys anticipate? And I know you have a lot of background in mortgage and and that kind of thing. What do you anticipate happening with the availability of capital over the next? 24 to, you know, 36 months. Like what, what do you, what's happening with that end of it with you guys?
2: Well, I, I think we're noticing that capital is definitely getting tighter. Uh, a lot of lenders, especially private lenders are really tightening their, their grip on uh, certain requirements. They're not as lax as they were um, six, eight months ago when everything was just going up, up, up with no end in sight. Yeah. So now they're being more cautious. Um, I know the, the LTV, the loan to value ratio, like typically they would do 80%, no questions asked. Now they're doing 70 or 75%. So um, mm-hmm. to, to me, I, we're, we're noticing that lenders are definitely becoming more cautious, but they're still doing deals. They're still putting money out there in the market. And um, uh, overall, I think that you were going to see that, you know, money isn't as easy to come by as it was a year ago. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're witnessing now. And um, that's a, where a lot of the, pinch in the market is coming from right now is the ones that are sitting on tons of cash reserves. They're just buying whatever they want, right? That that yeah. makes sense to them. And then the ones that are kind of over leveraged, they're all kind of, you know, worry of wary of like, where, like where the market is going and uh, what their investment's going to be. And should they liquidate? Should they hold what's going to happen at renewal? Yeah. So yeah, I would notice the, and I would say that the, they're definitely tightening their requirements on lending right now.
0: So You guys have done, you know, you've done tons of stuff between fix and flip and buy and hold. You know, I know you're in a buy kind of a phase now where you're trying to acquire. Are you guys looking at like multifamily, single family acquisitions? What is your, where's your sweet spot, and why?
1: Good question. So we have a couple different models, and depending on what fits what criteria. Um, Jordan and I personally love the multifamily space. Um, it's something we got into more recently than not. Um, but we see the long-term value and find it actually easier to, um, increase value on, on multifamily just based on how they're, the value of them are calculated, obviously. Um, but we also see a trajectory with single-family home and small multi-family becoming very very valuable in the uh rental space. So we have two different investment models that we're working with right now focusing in both areas. So it's kind of hard to pick one over the other. Gotcha.
0: So how like this is a question that comes up a lot in in my in my world is I talk to Canadian investors and the number 1 uh, challenge that, that you guys seem to face up there is the lack of information regarding homeowners, like being able to like pull lists of people, like people with equity or whatever. How do you guys Way find, harder. yeah, when it comes to single family specifically, how do you guys find mm-hmm. opportunities? What is the, what's the mode?
1: you have to like not be a technology as much as the States. Like uh, In the States, uh, I know wholesaling is on a whole different level in the States just because of your ability to acquire information is so accessible. Um, in Canada, the privacy laws are extensive and hard to work around. So um, a lot of it comes from networking and really building out your credibility in the market. Uh, trying to advertise and market so people come to you. And then a lot of it comes from building out your network of acquisition, like for your acquisition teams, basically bird dogs, wholesalers, et cetera, who are th- then going out and doing door knocking or driving for dollars. Okay. Uh, the more in person, uh, the more in-person techniques.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like it's a lot more of a manual process, but that's interesting. The one thing that I think we don't do here in the States, and maybe it's because we don't have to, or maybe we're missing an opportunity, but there's not nearly as much branding as what I'm hearing you guys talking about, where you're trying to make yourself a known commodity in, in the community. So people are coming to you. I do think we get a little, I don't even know if it's fair to say lazy. That's not te- technically true. If there is a quicker and easier way, then most people will gravitate toward it. But we don't do a lot of branding here. We don't put a lot of emphasis on that because we can just pull a list of people who are, you know, have equity or people who are behind on their mortgage. Like we could just pull these lists mm-hmm. and and talk directly to them. Uh, but that always seems like the question I get from uh Canadian students of mine is how do I find a Deals. And it is, it's just different. It's just more manual and it's just a lot more work that goes into it. But the difference though is here in the States, we can, yeah, sure, we can pull a list of people who have equity. It's great but so can everybody, right? And so people end up mm-hmm. with a stack of cards that they pull a list, anyone can do it for pennies. And then, so the competition is probably on a different level because the access is on a different level, right? If, if anyone can figure out how much equity you have, then anyone can send you a card and they do. So um, I, I do think there's pros and cons, right? But it's just a more manual process. It sounds like where you are.
1: Yeah, I'll let Jordan touch on the branding side of things. That's more his department for... Uh, our businesses, but I can definitely assure you that it, here it, it makes a huge impact. I mean, people approach us based on our branding, and even with our once it's ter- once our properties are turned over for anything that we're holding, you know, our long-term vision is being known as a brand for tenants that want they that oh that's a that's a Tuck property we we want that one we know the quality it's going to be.
2: So yeah. I'll let Jordan talk a bit on the branding. though. Yeah, absolutely. Like a, a couple of major points. Uh, we don't cut corners in our renovations, um, especially properties that we know we're going to be holding for a long time. Uh, some investors and some landlords will come in and they want to put very, very little into it. For us, it's kind of the opposite. We want to take everything down, make sure our electrical is up to date, our plumbing. So once we have completed the renovations and put new tenants in, we're not reverting back and opening up walls, which to us has been, yeah. uh, we supposed to be a, a big headache. Yeah. But um that's definitely helping um, our branding and sense of just, you know, how we operate. Uh, uh, we always pay our contractors uh, and a lot of developers out there, like they, they're the last guys that get paid. Well, we don't do that. We pay everybody. Um, realtors that we work with or wholesalers, we always make sure that they're getting their incentive fees. And we've kind of created that brand where wholesalers sailors know, and realtors know. Hey, if you got a property and it fits these guys' criteria, they're going to buy it. It's not a yeah. matter of if, or we have to wait and see if we're approved. No, if we like the property, we are going to close on that property. So once yeah. that starts getting out there, the the pipeline just continues to to grow. But I think um, you know the fact that it is manual in Canada has actually been an advantage to us because you know people. It's not like it's just like a, a data room or something where you could pull that same information where everyone can do. Yeah. If you aren't putting in the groundwork that we're doing, it's going to be very difficult to get the deal pull that we have. So yeah, um, yeah for sure. And how we operate, but more importantly, our branding and just letting people know that, you know, we're not here to play games and we mean business. Yeah. It's
0: funny. I mean, it's sad, but it's funny in a way. It's ironic. It's It's depressing that you, the brand that you guys are creating is that you do quality work, You do what you say you're going to do. You show up and close on time. You make sure people get paid on time. Like these feel like qualities that would be a given, but it's not. And and I'm with you on this. Like I've been in this industry since 08, and it's far more rare to find somebody with those qualities than the opposite, right? I was getting a ride in an Uber from an airport like last week, literally. And the guy driving was had a painting company and he wanted to start doing general contracting. And he's like, you know, you've done a lot of real estate. Do you have any advice for me? And the advice I gave him was basically what you just said: create a brand where you are known as the contractor that shows up on time, that honors yes. his quotes, that gets it done in the time frame that you commit to. And, you know, just like be honest. Do what you say you're gonna do and 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 be there. And it's like that. That's a million-dollar company. It's a multi-million-dollar company. You'll beat everyone because all your Mm -hmm. competition is going to be cutting corners, adding on garbage things to their quote, not hitting their timing, not showing up when they're supposed to be there, making excuses. It's just that's who you're competing with. And if you have a brand of quality and reliability you'll you'll destroy everybody and so that's that's a really good point point. and i think that does separate you it's sad i wish everyone just sort of took that as a baseline and you had to do something more than that to be known but honestly just just do the right thing all the time and and, and stand by your word and you'll 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 make it
2: yeah, yeah Jordan, well, it depends I how you look yeah, at it discuss Yeah, oh, I, I was gonna say just just a comment on that like i know you said it's sad but for us it's like I'm kind of happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It works out. It's just like, it, it works out for us, right? Yeah. It's not, yeah. there's not really competition with that. When you got guys that saying, oh yeah, I'll buy it. And then they go do a walkthrough with the wholesaler who, has a limited amount of times where they can bring people through a property, right? Because yeah. they have their arrangement with the property owner. And then that wholesaler kind of leaves and says, okay, well, I'm going to turn around and sell this to somebody else. Or you see that same property now yeah. on a Facebook page. And then the wholesaler comes back to us and says, you know what, oh shoot, like we should have talked to you guys and stuck with you guys because uh, we know you guys are the end buyers, right? So yeah. um, I don't dwell on it. Uh, <laughs> it's been yeah. an advantage of ours. And I would say... Uh, yeah guys keep messing
0: up <laughs> <laughs> for sure it's no doubt it makes good honest people like gives us a real head start for sure what were you going to say evan yeah
1: i was just going to say two things that we really really focus on our accountability and expectations those two words are are consistently in every conversation we have with um no matter who we're We're conversing with is, uh, making sure that we always take accountability for what we're supposed to do. They're supposed to take accountability for themselves and that very clearly defined expectations are set. And, you know, it's it's advice we give to people all the time is, you know, uh, make sure you're inspecting what you expect, first of all. So if you expect something, set it clearly as an expectation. I want this clearly defined by this date. And then make sure you have your systems and protocols in place to inspect that on its way so that you can either reset expectations and or hold yourself or anyone else accountable to them.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Makes, yeah.
0: I love that. It makes total sense. Um, I know that you guys have some some big goals. What is it you're trying to do? What's what's next for you guys? What Where do you want to be in three to
1: five years? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely be diversifying into the united states by then um i think why let me ask you uh, why why why, why why do
0: you want to be in the states what's what's the reason for that
1: we just want to take over more more areas and more <laughs> geographical so locations it's, it's more of a alex uh, the
0: alex the great kind of a conqueror uh, yeah. mentality i got you okay that's cool
1: we play Monopoly. We're having some fun. You know, want to want to go to the boardwalk. So, yeah. um, different different area for sure. Uh, lending works way differently in the states. Um, way more access to capital uh, in the states. Looser lending restrictions. Um, the landlord versus you know the tenant laws in Ontario, Canada. I'm not I'm not sure how familiar you are with them, but it, they're fully in favor of the tenant. So the landlord really has no control. I mean, like I give you an example that you'd be flabbergasted by. Like, we have a property, a tenant hasn't paid in eight months. We can't get them out. Or, you know what I mean? Like it, the government says uh, a roof over your head is a living necessity. And so you can't kick people out and, and tenants are aware of this. They become aware. They, they take advantage as much as they can. And you know, you have someone who luckily we're running a business and, you know, we have multiple streams of revenue from different properties, but should we be a mom and pop who decided, you know, we really want to put some wealth in this family name and, uh, you know, pick up an investment property. There's a lot of risk here for that. Yeah. So um we want to go to places where it's understood that, you know, you don't pay your rent, you're out. That's, that's, that's how it goes. We're providing you with a top notch quality place to live with great finishes, super good quality. We want to be paid appropriately and on time. So
0: totally. Be aware that the Absolutely. United States are is a little state by state when it comes to tenant laws. So some states are extremely tenant friendly, extremely similar situation. And some aren't. Some are a little more like fair to everyone. So yeah, just be aware of that. I'm sure you're totally aware of that. Go ahead, Jordan. I think I cut you off.
2: No, no. Uh, I, I was going to say, um, it's exactly that. Uh, um, especially when it comes to the quality of work we do, uh, we want that reciprocated, right? We're not, we're not just, you know, throwing tenants in places that are infested with bed bugs and cockroaches and things like that. No, we are putting in, you know, brand new flooring, brand new electrical, uh, brand new drywall, uh, you know, uh, stone countertops and not laminate. uh, beautiful new kitchens um brand new appliances so for that you know we want to be you know paid the market rent that's for sure now that being said we are guys with hearts right so there there's been cases where people have actually been in a pickle where we'll make an arrangement with them okay you know what let's set up a payment plan or maybe you can do some stuff around the property to knock off some of that rent you know we have hearts as well we understand but i think what i've been speaking of is you know the people that uh they know exactly what they're doing. Um, We had a a, a tenant that, you know, they paid first and last, they paid their utility bills in their name every single month and didn't pay one month of rent after first and last. Right. And that's where we kind of get, okay, this is now you're taking advantage of the system. And more importantly, you're giving renters a bad rep, you know, people that actually need to rent and are great paying tenants and take care of the property. They're now getting grilled because of, it's unfortunate because of other tenants that just don't care, and they're seeing it as a loophole. So, yep. um, that's yep. definitely a bit of a frustration, but it does come with part of investing, especially in Ontario, Canada.
0: Yeah, it is. It is a thing for sure. Talk about you guys. I know you guys help people find uh, money, right? We talked about the availability of capital. What are you guys doing in that area in Canada? What What are you What are you doing for folks in that way? In that way,
2: I think it all depends on. What you're looking for, right? Um, Evan and myself have brokered multi-million dollar deals for clients that are looking for, you know, an unflux of capital. And at that same front, we've helped people get a $20,000 loan or a $50,000 loan. So what we do is depending on what you are actually looking for, we will give you our advice on how you, we think you should look for it. Um, a perfect example of that is, um, we don't take any private loans that are under a quarter million. Uh, and the main reason for that is the fees are just so expensive. So um, what we do is we try and get that money in-house from friends and family or people that are just looking to earn money, as opposed, especially with high interest right now, um, sorry, high inflation, yeah. people are looking to offset that, right? So instead of going to a private lender and a, a registered loan on the property when you're paying out lawyer fees and broker fees and all that, you know, we'll go to a friend and say, hey, you want to earn 10% on your money with a 1% finder's fee or whatever it may be? And nine times out of 10, the answer is yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a no-brainer. In this world that we're in now, I mean, at least in the States, the stock market's terrible, right? People are losing money there. Crypto is just hurting everyone in general around the world, right? Yeah. So crypto's <laughs> not, not been awesome. So it's a great time to raise money, no doubt about it. And uh, And yeah. again, that's something where, you know, when I started in 2008, One of the big talking points and things that I always heard was I need to find money. I need lending. I need, I need, you know, I need capital. And then fast forward 2022, I'm hearing the same thing and I've heard it every single year in between. That's never something that goes away. I've never been at a time in real estate where everyone said, I'm all set with capital. Like you always, you always Uh need more or cheaper. So, uh, I think that's something solid to help people with for sure. I think it t- it tends to be a, a game stopper for some people. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to find it or how to get it. So, if people do want to reach out to you guys and and learn more and talk to you about raising capital specifically in Canada, um, how can they do that?
1: So they can reach us via email or on our website. So via email would be Evan E V A N at Tuck Capital. It's T U K. The word Capital C A P I T A L dot com or Jordan at Tuck Capital, or you're welcome to go to uh, tuckcapital.com.
0: Got it. And all that will be in the show notes, guys. So you can go check that out if you don't have an ability to write that down or you forgot already. We'll we'll have it there for you. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Any last parting words? Anything you want to leave the folks with?
2: I would say... I, I think it's just... Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I almost cut you off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, you're supposed to pick one of us.
0: I <laughs> know. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, here we go. Jordan, please. <laughs> um,
2: I would say, don't get discouraged in the market. What goes up can come down. What comes down can go up. Just have as much knowledge as possible. Whatever situation you're in, there is always a solution to get out of it. Um, and sometimes people get discouraged because in real estate, you're dealing with a lot of numbers, right? You're not, you know, investing a hundred dollars here and there. You're investing hundreds of thousands, if yeah. not millions, of dollars. So what I would say is, you know, do what is like. what what, what you're comfortable doing. If you're not comfortable buying a property that is half a million dollars, you know, look for properties that are 100,000 or 200,000 in those areas that might have less risk and make sure you're getting as much knowledge as possible. I'm always, you know, one that preaches and praises knowledge because, you know, the stuff that Evan and and myself have done up until this point, we would not have even come close to it if we didn't have the knowledge. And uh, to to add to that, uh, we were actually... You know, I had early properties at twenty-one, so did Evan. And you know, wow, we both were making decent money with what we were doing. But what it came down to was looking at other people and how quickly they were scaling. And then we said, okay, well, how are they doing this? Because how we were doing it was you save up money, you put a down payment, you buy a house. And you save up money, you put a down payment, you buy a house. (laughs) And then I'm realizing guys are getting 10, 15, 20, 30 properties in a year. So yeah. I said, Evan, what the heck are we missing? And then, of course, we learned about the burn strategy and, you know, building it out and adding value through construction and refinancing yep. that out and repurposing those funds. So um, that would be my advice for sure is, A, don't get discouraged. Um, you know, don't feel the need that you have to uh, fit someone else's investment strategy. Yeah. Get as much knowledge as possible and see what fits for you and what works for you. I
0: love it. I love that. salad, Evan? Sorry, I am mean, calling on you now, like a, like a school teacher, Evan. Please, can you please speak to the class?
1: Uh, <laughs> actually, no, no, thank you. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I think I think really is just get started. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are just just swimming around and not really jumping in. And I think the biggest thing is get started. Um, don't be so afraid. Make sure you do what Jordan said. Do your research. Do your due diligence. Don't start blind. But get in the market. Um, invest in a strategy that makes you feel safe and minimizes your risk, but get in and then build systems as fast as humanly possible. And I think that's that's the best advice I would give.
0: I love it. I, I know you weren't doing it for this reason, but you realize you've just dovetailed nicely into the whole theme of this podcast, right? It's called Just Start Real Estate. I love it. Just get started. Yeah. And I think that's huge. I think you're right. I think the biggest problem people have it's getting off the starting blocks. It's just it's just getting out there and start start doing stuff. And I love the system side of it too. I I think, you know, you asked Jordan. You know, at some point you said, "What are we doing wrong here? How are we not doing this?" Well, there's there's a lot to scaling, right? It's certainly not complicated. It's not easy, but but systems are huge. It's hard to scale to where you guys are without systems you can't run around and just figure it out and and make it up every time on the fly like yeah people and systems so i love that that's solid advice guys i really appreciate you doing this i know you're you're super duper busy um and so you taking the time to do this is awesome and it was a pleasure to have you thank you for being here
1: thank you so much for having us appreciate
0: it yeah absolutely guys and we'll uh we'll talk soon okay
1: Okay. thanks thanks, everyone
0: all right. You heard it right from them. I couldn't have said it better. You need to just get out there and get started. Don't wait. Now is the time. When is the best time to get started in real estate investing? 10 years ago, when is the next best time right now? Don't wait for the market. Don't try to time the market. It's not worth it. You just you can't time it. You're never going to be exactly right. right. It's like everybody I've ever heard in my life who said that they're waiting for the exact right time to do anything never worked out for them, right? Because they're always waiting and thinking that the better time is coming and it's not now, but the time is now. Get out there, get started, make it happen. You got this. We'll see you next time.